Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Sorry Not Sorry, March 3rd, 2021. We got a big podcast for you today. Alright, so first off, it's been like two weeks since we've done a podcast. Uh, my apologies, but, you know, schoolwork, got a puppy, um, life, you know. Um, but Kenny's not going to be with us today. He'll be with back next episode. Um, but I'm going to do my best to uh, solo this. So... Hope you will stick around and tune in for the podcast. Big, we, lot of topics today. So, first off, I know it happened a few weeks ago, but I feel like we should talk about it since we haven't gotten a chance to. Rush Limbaugh died. Now, the reaction to Rush Limbaugh's death on the left was absolutely abhorrent. Like, you had people saying, good, glad he's dead. Tweets wishing, like, that his wife died. People laughing at his wife. People, like, tweeting the most vulgar stuff. Like, it actually almost brought me to tears because of how vulgar it was. Just on a human level. Like, I didn't really, like, have a connection with Rush like a lot of his audience did. Like, I didn't watch him, like, as much or for as long periods as a lot of his audience did. But, like, just on a human standpoint, a lot of the tweets that I saw uh, shook me. Like, and I'm not one to get triggered about that kind of thing at all a lot. But I feel like people need to have basic human decency when it comes to someone dying. Like, if you remember when Justice Ginsburg died, despite her being responsible for millions of deaths of babies, conservatives are more aggrieved. They get like, yo, we're really sorry. And they waited for weeks to even talk about a Supreme Court replacement. Trump, for instance, he's like, wow, really sorry to hear that. She led an amazing life. What can you say? That's what, like his exact quote. Um, but when a conservative dies... When all he did ever was talk, he never was violent, never was um, anything but just an opinionated person who talked every day. Uh, liberals lose their mind, and that uh, they get so happy when he dies. And it really shows you who the fascists are when they're so happy that someone with an opposing viewpoint that dies. Um, it's a sad day when America's come to that American politics, which has always been like that, by the way. Um, it's just that now people's senses are heightened to the left being that sort of, uh, um, cruel, uh, that they are. So, like, I've listened to Rush here and there for the past several years. Um, I recently became a daily listener, though, like, half a year ago, I think, once I started work again, uh, because I was out of work because of COVID and other things, uh, trade school and stuff like that for a while. I became, like, a full-time listener half a year ago. But um, Rush, you know, he envisioned an America that was free, an America patriotic, hardworking, leading, God-fearing. He always spoke about how excuses and victim culture create an America that isn't recognizable, how there's no excuses in life, how if you want to succeed, you have to work for it. Rush pioneered the conservative movement without Rush Limbaugh, conservative radio, Fox News, all of it wouldn't exist. There would not be a conservative movement. We would already probably be a socialist nation because people would not have heightened senses, heightened arguments, heightened conscience, heightened minds to oppose liberalism and socialism. Like, uh, Rush envisioned in America, that was almost the polar opposite of what Democrats envisioned America as. Rush believed in American exceptionalism, not American apologetics. So, if you want to carry Rush Limbaugh's legacy on, be a patriot. Think, what would he say about this? Be a hard worker. Don't make excuses for yourself. Don't compromise your morals and core beliefs no matter how much people are telling you to compromise them. Draw a line in the sand. Hold that line. If everybody's telling you to move, but you know it is morally right to hold your position, don't move. Be like a tree. Plant yourself. Be an American. Advocate freedom. Take up the ideological fight against leftist fallacies. Use your voice. Rush never called for violence. He simply advocated conversation, freedom, and debate. 
preserving the idea of American exceptionalism. It's up to us to carry that on now. As the Democrats and cancel culture grows, as people are trying to tear American institutions down, as um, there's just this war waged against conservatism in general, it's up to us to carry that on. Make people aware that this is what's happening in America, how we need to preserve America, and we can still move forward as Americans. Conservative people get conservatism confused. Um, I'm not going to speak on behalf of Rush, obviously, for this, but this is just my point of view. People think conservatism is just holding the status quo and that progressivism is moving forward. Kind of, could be true in some respects, but progressivism is the idea that all of America, what modern progressivism is, maybe this is not what JFK progressivism was, but what modern progressivism is, is all of our institutions in America are bad, racist, systemically bad, get rid of them, and um, replace capitalism with socialism, and bow down to minorities. That's basically what modern progressivism is. What modern conservatism is, is say, no, America is a great nation. It's exceptional. We've done some bad things in the past, but that does not negate the fact that the core founding principles of America are worth preserving and standing for. But right, that's basically the idea of modern conservatism is that we need to preserve what the founding fathers envisioned for America while also unchaining the human mind. Conservatism is about giving people the freedom to unchain their mind and create progress through the private sector. Conservatism is about people, when the mind is unchained, when people are left to uh, innovate without the government looking over their shoulder, there's no limit to the human potential. That's the idea of conservatism. The idea of conservatism is how you move forward as a nation, how you make progress, is by unchaining the human mind through liberty and freedom. What progressivism is, is people are incapable of doing stuff together because we're so selfish and racist that the government needs to do all that for us. The government needs to innovate for us. The government needs to make the progress for us. And that's basically where the two ideologies conflict. So that is where we need to carry on Russia's legacies. We need to explain to people what conservatism really is, how it's not racist, how it is actually the the principle we're standing by, right, um, in the current time. And maybe not even if you stand by conservatism, but at least be able to articulate clearly against progressivism and liberalism, modern progressivism and liberalism. Um, because truth is, many of the progressives and liberals from 15, 20 years ago would be rolling over in their graves if they saw what the liberals were doing nowadays. And that's the truth. Like, they're really radical folks. And um, they have all the core institutions behind them. And so we need to stand up uh, for the American freedom and the core founding principles of the nation. But I'm kind of repeating myself there, so I'm going to leave that topic right there. Um, we're going to move on to an update on the Biden administration. As much as I don't want to talk about this, because I just can't stand looking at the news and seeing... Freaking every day, there's some other stupid thing that they're doing going on. I have to talk about it because that's pretty much what this podcast is about. So we're basically learning how lost they are and how lost Democrats are without Trump to beat up on. Um, they quite literally can't stop being divisive with their actions and being stupid with their words. Like, I don't even know where to start from these past few weeks alone, but let's give it a go, okay? First, you have the divisive reaction to Rush Limbaugh's death, which we just talked about. If Democrats cared about unity, they would have respected conservatives during this time, just like that we respected Democrats when Ginsburg died. Instead, they couldn't contain their glee. Then, Biden claimed that when he, in a CNN town hall, he said, when I came into office, the vaccine did not exist, despite him receiving the vaccine on December 11th before he was inaugurated. Biden and Kamala Harris refused to say whether or not 
they won't require vaccines for people to go back to school because they're in the pocket of the teachers' unions, right? Um, the teacher unions basically control them. So whatever the teacher unions want is what they will get for going back to school. In a CNN town hall that I just referenced, by the way, Biden downplayed the existence uh, of Chinese oppression. Uh, he basically said, quote, there are different norms in each culture and society. And you know what? But Joe, 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 you know what? You know what China's norms are, Joe? Slavery, child slave labor, sex and human trafficking, persecution of Muslims, specifically Muslim women. They they have concentration camps in China for basically raping Muslim women. It is terrible. And Joe Biden explains this away as different norms. How dare he? He should actually be ashamed of himself. If Trump said that, he would be forced or they would be calling for him to resign. The Democrats would be starting another impeachment trial, folks. But Joe Biden said it. The media hasn't mentioned it besides in that town hall. You can go find the clip yourself. Um, it's literally CNN's town hall with Joe Biden. He literally said it. He did go on to say later because I think someone was in his ear say, holy shit, Joe, what did you just say? Uh, he did go on to say later that the U.S. should reaffirm its commitment to human rights without explicitly bashing China for it. That I say, tough talk. The damage is already done, bud. Just like your talk of unity, we know the opposite will happen with your actions, dude. Biden literally revoked a Trump-era executive order that blocks China's access to the United States power grid. China's got more aggressive in airspace, hasn't received repercussions for human rights violations. Biden has failed to act on all fronts with China. And But, like, could it be because his son got paid millions of dollars from China that Biden is China's bitch? Who knows? But this is the largest issue right now on foreign and domestic policy. Biden's fumbling the ball, basically kicking the can down the road, not doing anything about it. He, he's basically giving in to China. And that initial giving to China is going to signal to the rest of our allies that we are weak. And the rest of our enemies, by the way, that we are weak. Another thing that Biden did. He said he wouldn't roll out gun control legislation through executive order, which of course is illegal. Um, any gun control legislation is actually illegal and a violation of the Second Amendment, um, let alone through executive order when the executive does not have the power to create laws. But here we are. We're in an era where the Constitution doesn't really matter. People just use it at their convenience to play politics. They don't really care about it. Um, and, you know, Biden, of course, wouldn't care about the Constitution because at heart, his party is a dictator, dictatorship. And when you are governed by a dictator, all options are on the table, including breaking the Constitution and taking people's guns away. So, just like Biden, considering an interstate travel ban, he's like, hey, let's, that's illegal, but we're going to consider it. Let's consider taking people's guns. Um, you know, Democrats' arguments about guns is so stupid. It's always, you know, quote, don't worry, you'll still be able to hunt, little little country boy. You'll still be able to um, go out and shoot your deer and shoot your ducks. Um, we're not taking that away from you. You'll still be able to have your little shotgun and go hunt. Newsflash. Second Amendment's not about hunting, dumbasses. It's about arming American citizens so they can overthrow tyrannical governments. Uh, the Second Amendment literally says this, and I quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. End quote. I'm no rocket scientist, but I would say that shotguns and hunting rifles aren't really going to compete against M16s and military weaponry. This is why banning AR-15s is such a big deal. It, in effect, breaches a core tenet of the Second Amendment. Additionally, 
Disarming Americans would make it easier for enemies to go to war with America. Throughout history, a main reason foreign enemies don't invade America is that they know that almost every citizen is armed. So if you breach the United States military, the citizens are a whole nother military. And additionally, a core tenet of the Second Amendment, as I just talked about, is us being able to overthrow our government. But this is why we won't compromise on gun control legislation. The fact is, we all know, we can see through this, the gun control legislation is not about kids. If you cared about kids, you would not have abortion as a law. It's about disarming the American people so you can control them through power and can make them submit and conform to your will. An armed America is the biggest threat to tyrannical governments and the installation of them. As such, when a party like Democratic, the, the quote Democratic Party, they're not really Democratic, intends to install a new system of government, it must disarm the citizens so that they can have complete conformity with their policy and their will. And if you don't comply, they will force you to. And, you know, moving on from that, to another Biden action, in one of the most divisive developments in the past few weeks, the Democrats introduced a bill to ban, quote, twice impeached presidents from burial at the Arlington National Cemetery and ban federal funds from going to buildings displaying their names or acknowledging their achievements. Like, bro, you just failed to impeach him twice. He's not president. He's been quiet. You say you want unity and then you do stupid stuff like this. The Democrats are self-imploding. By the midterm elections, people are going to be feel fed up with this. And they're going to vote red. And they're going to be so fed up that they will vote for Trump again. And liberals are going to lose their minds. Literally, all Democrats are doing is returning to Obama-era policy that got Trump elected. Obama-era identity politics. Obama-era division that got Trump elected. Like, they're not very smart, folks. They're actually kind of the dumbest people. In, like, they're, they're the Dallas Cowboys of politicians of politics you know how the dallas cowboys you know they get to the playoffs or uh what sometimes they don't but you know they always lose the big games they, if they have a lead they implode if they get to the big games they implode they they lose the games they're supposed to win that's the democrats they literally they get in office they're supposed to be able just to cruise on do great things and they just they just they just do bump after bump in the road until people are so sick of them you know, I don't understand how you can say you want unity, and then someone that 75 million plus Americans voted for, you try to impeach him twice, and then you say, you can't have your presidential library like all presidents can. You can't be buried at the Arlington National Cemetery. You can't have your name displayed on any federal building. Think about it. And next, Biden announced 11 million illegal immigrant amnesty, with 900,000 people have filed unemployment in the last few weeks. He's like, hey, you know, you can't go to work, but we're going to bring illegal immigrants in here who can and who will take your jobs. We're going to educate these illegal immigrants on the border, but you can't send your kids to school. Think about that. But the Biden administration was bragging about being able to educate illegal immigrants on the border who are in these detention facilities, these cage facilities that were closed under Trump because of the pushback, but are reopened under Biden magically, and they're, re they're called, um, I think, temporary housing units now. Um, the Biden administration's bragging about educating these kids in these facilities and about how they're receiving great quality education and all that. Meanwhile, American children are not allowed to go to school in person. Think about that. These illegal immigrants on the border are receiving better education than our kids that's crazy. I'm all, I'm actually different from a lot of conservatives when I say I'm for some refugees and asylum, right? I don't think mass illegal immigration is a good thing. I'm in favor of border security. 
But I think the zero tolerance for refugees under Trump was a little bit too extreme. Um, but I'm not for this where we're going to treat illegal immigrants better than our citizens and where we're going to let 11 million of them into the country. I was thinking a few thousand as refugees. It's just insane to me how in one and a half months, we've gone from America first, Americans first to American last, America last. You know, um, Trump's attorney, you know, another development because we're rapid firing this segment. Trump's attorney said that he had to send his kids to a secure location and hire private guards for the, the crime of being Trump's attorney during his impeachment trial. But unity, right, folks? You know, his family was receiving death threats. Uh, the Trump's just for being Trump's attorney, his family was receiving death threats. Um, people were coming to his house, threatening him. He had to hire private guards and send his kids to a secure location. But the party of unity, you know, they're all for unity, unless you oppose them. You know, also. Thing, something that's been overlooked is Biden is continuing a federal funding program that sends to multiple different things. But part of that program is that taxpayer dollars go to the Wuhan lab that COVID came from in China. <clears throat> Another thing with China. Biden's White House is also indicating that you have to get the vaccine or you will have to keep wearing masks and being under their lockdown bullshit. Even though we know that one cloth mask does not do anything. You need to wear several masks or a medical grade mask for it to be effective. Think about it, folks. Okay, here, COVID, right? While we're on the COVID topic, Biden says we should have all adults vaccinated by or near May. And then he said, but we're not going to be able to reopen or get back to normal until this time next year. How does that make much sense? If everybody gets the vaccine, if all adults get the vaccine, we should be back to normal that second. By the way, a vaccine should not be a prerequisite for having freedom in America. We should be back to normal yesterday, last month, last year. We should have never locked down. We know the lockdown for two weeks to save lives turned into a year and it did nothing. It did nothing, folks. I'm just going to be real with you. It did nothing. They lied to us time and time again about it. It did not do anything. People actually continued to die. Kids committed suicide. The, the amount of education that our kids have suffered during this time is going to corrupt a whole generation. It's going to cause a whole generation of peak kids who are not as well educated as past generations. We've sacrificed so much for this stupid... Stupid lie that lockdown saved lives. And now they're saying even if you get the vaccine, that you can't go back to normal. How dumb is that? That's not even going to incentivize people to get the vaccine. It's just going to say, well, then why the hell would I get it? And we're not going to be able to go back to normal. And, you know, I, I, I just had enough. I've had enough, okay? Like, thank God for Texas and Mississippi and Florida. Because these three states... Well, Florida never had a mask mandate, but Texas and Mississippi just li lifted their mask mandate and said all businesses open. We're done with this BS. It doesn't work. It doesn't. Thank God for those states, because we know for a fact that your stupid piece of cloth that you put over your face that says live, laugh, love, or whatever bullcrap you want to put on it, like happy, family, be whatever, it does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. They said you need a double or triplet for even to be partially effective, and they said you need a medical grain mask for it to even be effective. But that, we don't even know if that's effective, because the science isn't really clear. The science is changing every second on us, and if you disagree with what they claim is the current science at the moment, then you are um, a climate or a science denier. It doesn't make sense. Like, Fauci is contradicting himself at every turn. Back last year, he said, you don't need a mask. Masks don't do anything. He said, you know, you touch your face, you touch your arms, you touch everything. A mask isn't going to protect you from anything. And then he said, oh, you know, you need a mask to save lives. And now he's saying, you know, one mask isn't even effective, folks. You need to double or triple it. What is it, dude? 
Like, stop, just let people live their lives, okay? Like, it's our life. You can't take time from us. It's our life. It's our liberty. It's our freedom. Let me live my life how I want. By the way, lifting a mask mandate is not saying you can't wear masks. It's just saying you have the choice. So if masks are so effective, if I don't want to wear one and you want to, you should be protected, right? Because masks are so effective, just double or triple your mask, right? If they're so effective, then you should have no problem with me not wearing a mask as long as you're wearing one, right? Or could it be that they're not effective at all and it's just a lie meant to make you feel safe and secure so you can go spend money in the economy? I've just had it with these people, folks. The party of science is changing the science to meet their convenience to every second. We see it with gender, climate, COVID, everything. They don't really care about science. They just care about twisting the science to match their liberal agenda and their opinion. I've honestly just had it up to here. And at some point, people just need to call them out for it. You know, it's just insane. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah, by the way. Since we're rapid firing still on the Biden administration's failures in the last few weeks, have you noticed oil and gas is going up? Yeah, I think uh, they said I I could be wrong about this because I briefly read an article on it uh, from the Associated Press, and I might have my numbers wrong here, so you might need to double check me. This is not a factual statement; it's just saying what I think I heard. I think oil was twenty five dollars a barrel during the Trump administration. And I think it was up to fifty two. I want to say a barrel under Biden. I, all I'm saying is the gas is going up. It's almost $3 a gallon in Michigan. When under Trump, it was like two fifteen, two twenty five. So basically almost a 25% increase or 50, yeah, 25% increase. I can't do math. I'm, uh, uh, but yeah, millions of Americans are homeless and jobless. Cuomo is killing nursing home residents. Our enemies are growing in power. Gas and oil is skyrocketing. Green energy failed in Texas and is still being pushed by the left. Biden wants to take guns. Limbaugh died. Conservatives are still being censored. Vaccination moved closer to being mandated. But they got rid of an orange man, so all is well. That's basically the summary of this, this last segment, folks. This is the stupidity of the Democratic Party. It's why I, an independent who hates party affiliations, am strongly considering registering as a Republican. Because the only way we can fight these people is by uniting and galvanizing the right against them. Ideologically, by the way, that's not a call to violence. In the era of where the media likes to twist people's words, I would just like to, and where dumbasses on the internet like to twist words, I would just like to point that out. That's a call for ideological warfare. Also, as a side note, you want to know why COVID cases are down? Because of Trump's vaccine. No Biden policy has caused this. Literally, Biden's COVID vaccine policy is a piggyback off of Operation Warp Speed. He's like, we need to vaccinate 100 million people in 100 days. So a million people per day, which is what Trump's administration was doing in the first place. Okay. Like that's why COVID cases are down. So when you see magically the New York Times reopens their COVID tracker that they had every day during the Trump administration, but they canceled for the first three months of the Biden administration. When they magically reopen it, the COVID trackers and it shows everything down. That's a result of the Trump administration, folks. It has nothing to do with Biden. And if they want you to think it does, you need to slap them silly, folks. Figuratively. Oh, yeah. For the icing on the cake, by the way, we're in an active military conflict overseas. Yeah, I forgot to mention that one, but um, Biden airstruck an Iranian-backed militia in Syria, right? Um, for putting bounties on American soldiers' heads. Not really uh something I dis disagree with. Now, here is where it gets interesting. Trump had an airstrike in Syria during his presidency, right? He airstruck the Shariat Air Base because they used chemical weapons, and he said no chemical weapons. 
But there was no countermeasures to his airstrike because people knew Donald Trump's not someone who you want to fuck with. He's not someone that you want to retaliate against because you'll end up in a ditch. You'll end up in a body bag going home. That, that That's basically what our enemies knew. Our enemies knew that when Donald Trump retaliates against you and he says, this is the red line, that's the red line. And you, there's no fighting back against against uh, strong America. But when Biden conducts some silly little airstrike that doesn't kill anyone, it doesn't do anything, it just destroys a few rocks, pretty much, and a little bit of a uh, few structures. It doesn't, it doesn't do any harm or damage. And they strike back, and they kill an American contractor. That's retaliation. That is an active military conflict. When you strike and they strike back, that's a, an official active military conflict. That's pretty much the definition. When Trump struck, they didn't strike back, so it wasn't an active military conflict. It was just the United States showing force. You know, like, our enemies see weakness. It's so obvious. China sees weakness, as we explained in previous segment. They're increasing everything. Their air presence, they're, 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 they're increasing everything on us. And our enemies overseas are doing the same. Terrorist groups are going to rise. We're going to get into more wars overseas. Just remember that Donald Trump had no wars under his presidency. You could say all of his character flaws, and I would agree that he had a lot of them. But there was no new wars. Hold our troops home. We killed terrorist leaders. ISIS was gone, folks. Like, I, I don't understand, like, negotiated peace agreements with countries that would never have peace with each other. Like, I don't understand how you could fuck that up. But here we are, a month and a half. It only took them a month and a half. And they fucked it all up. It's crazy. Oh yeah, Cuomo. Um, we better get to this one because you know it shows a lot of liberal hypocrisy. Because um, Andrew Cuomo, right? Uh, he's under fire not only for his nursing home scandal where he put COVID positive patients in nursing homes, killing thousands and tens of thousands of nursing home residents. Um, so basically, he's a murder, and he should have resigned for that. But now, folks. We told you in a previous week that he had a sexual assault allegation against him, but those allegations are doubling and tripling. There's women pouring in saying he's kissed me inappropriately, touched me inappropriately, um, assaulted me, all of it, and he's still not resigning. He's just like, oh, yeah, um, I'm very sorry that I made you feel uncomfortable. You're putting it on the victims. Like, what? It's your fault, not theirs. It's your fault, Cuomo. <coughs> and you're putting it on the victims. What? Excuse me? I thought Me Too movement was Believe All Women. If the Democrats prescribe, followed their own prescriptions of Believe All Women and Me Too, Cuomo should be removed from office, should have his name stripped from every public building, everything, every history book. It's true. But here we are. Democratic media is running cover for him. I think it was the other Sunday night. All the Sunday news. Not one minute dedicated to covering Cuomo. Not one. I saw a study on it. <coughs> it's insane how much you're running cover for this man why he didn't do anything all he did was receive an emmy for killing nursing home residents he's literally one of the worst governors in american history and you're running cover for him it, it does not make much sense to me but here we are in america that doesn't make sense the liberals there's one standard for liberals one standard for us and by the way they don't even need to write be right about us when, when there's pictures showing that Cuomo touched and kissed people inappropriately, there's actually pictures of it, they don't cancel him. He's still the governor of New York. He's still got a position of power. Nothing against him. 
when there's an allegation with no proof whatsoever from dozens of years ago against a conservative Supreme Court justice nominee, the whole media treats it as he's guilty, front page coverage everywhere. When he's pro finally proven innocent, there's no coverage on that. It's just, oh, you know, the facts were contrary to the individual's, to the victim's sense of personal truth. That's per it, it, it's blown my mind where, you know, we're in an age when Ben Shapiro always says facts don't care about your feelings. We're in an age where liberals are like, no, feelings don't care about your facts. It's kind of insane. Like, I know I've saying it a lot, but it's true. I like, when are people going to wake up and see, oh, shit, you know, th this kind of messed up. Um... So that's the update on Andrew Cuomo, and he held a press conference today, by the way. Uh, I should probably mention this, where he said, I'm not resigning. Um, screw it off. I'm not resigning. I'm a great governor. Yeah. So that's the update on Cuomo. By the way, Democrats wrote a letter. Some Democrats, not all of them. A few Senate, a few House Democrats. I shouldn't say all of them. I don't want to badly characterize all of them. But, you know... They do it all the time to the right, so I should say all of them because they just characterize one person as all of the right all the time. But some Democrats in the House wrote a letter to carriers of Fox News and Newsmax and OAN, like AT&T, I think, and others, telling them to drop Fox News, Max, and OAN, or at least censor them partially. Um, this is one of the most dangerous things the left has done yet, censoring the free press, First Amendment. It was like a veiled threat because they recognize that they can't censor the First Amendment, that they can't force AT&T and these carriers to stop carrying Fox and Newsmax and OAN. So it's like a veiled threat. It's like, you know, we would really love for you to censor these people. And if not, there's a bunch of antitrust issues that that have been raised about your companies that we could look into. But, you know, if you if you if you censor these people, we, we won't we won't really uh, take that up. You know, it, it's crazy. It, it's. Like, pressuring cable providers to remove speech you don't like is an example of fascism. Not only that, but if you consider that, if you consider that with all the other things the left has done that we've been talking about on this podcast for weeks, it proves that they're the party of fascists and Nazis. Think about it. Not only is the left censoring, actively advocating for the removal of speech of people they disagree with, but they want to remove those people from history as well. It's not enough to remove their current speech. They want to remove their past speech from history. Everything about conservatives that they don't like, removed from history. It's gone. Statues, public documents, um, news, news outlets, um, YouTube videos, all of it. And now they're engaging in book burnings. I say book burnings because Amazon has removed books by Justice Clarence Thomas and other people from their shelves. I believe, it, I forget his name, but someone wrote a book. All it was about was explaining the science behind transgenderism and how it's not really a thing. How being trans is not really a thing um, because you can't change your gender. It was just explaining the science behind it. That book got removed. Clarence Thomas had two books removed. And when Amazon removes a book from its shelf, it's in effect a digital book burning. That's what it is. It's like burning a book. If you put it in that context, it's like, because Amazon's a digital library. So when you remove a book from the shelf, it's like burning that book. It's like if I went to my library and the librarian said, I don't want this book on our library shelves anymore. They're going to remove that book, burn it, or like throw it, throw it away. When you explain it in that context, it becomes quite clear that that's an act of fascism. And when you put, so they're burning books, removing history, centering conservatives on social media. <coughs> rejoicing when a conservative leader dies, 
trying to impeach a conservative Republican president. Well, they tried, but they failed. I'm trying to tarnish his name, tarnish anyone who's associated with him. Pressure cable outlets to remove Fox, Newsmax, and One America News. Advocating for violence against people they disagree with. They are actively, they loot businesses, they boycott people they disagree with. All of that. And they want you to believe that the right is the fascist. How crazy is that, folks? How? How, how crazy? It doesn't really make much sense, to be honest. But here we are. Like, I never thought we would live in an era where, where, where one side was fascist and they called the other fascist. Like, what? And, you know, like, I've, I've had it, folks. I've had it up to here. By the way, um, I'm reading a story right now. Um, I should probably update you guys on it. Um, because Democrats are introducing a bill to basically rig, rig elections permanently. Um, it's called HR1, House Resolution 1. Um, so Kevin McCarthy released a statement on this. This First, I'm going to tell you what, what uh, what's in this bill. Um, well, actually, Kevin McCarthy tells you what's in the bill. Um, but um, I read the I read an article on this so I can fact check it as I read it, as I read Kevin McCarthy's statement. So Kevin McCarthy's statement says, in 2017, Nancy Pelosi tweeted, quote, our election was hijacked. What she meant by that is the results of the election did not go her way. Then in there, she started devising a plan to make sure it wouldn't happen again. The result is House Resolution 1, H.R. 1, House Democrats' most important bill. Democrats call it the For the People Act, but it is really the For the Politicians Act. It doesn't protect your vote, it protects their jobs. That is why every Democrat is a co-sponsor, why Democrats jammed H.R. 1 through the House in 2019, and why having lost 15 seats in the 2020 election, they're doubling down on their scheme for a massive federal takeover of elections. Which, by the way, the Constitution says elections and election laws should be left to the states. So if states are smart, they will challenge us in the Supreme Court. Um, but back to McCarthy's statement. If you liked how the last election was run, you're going to love H.R. 1. It's got all of the election 2020's greatest hits nationalized. Federally funded and designed to keep Democrats permanently in power. <laughs> in 2020, state after state expanded no-excuse mail-in voting programs in the name of public safety. And to the detriment of election security, everyone has a friend or relative who accidentally received a ballot in the mail for someone else. Those kind of irregularities must be stopped. Not supercharged with a universal law like H.R. 1. Two, more found ballots. It took 94 days to decide New York's congressional race, which a Republican woman won. It's called Election Day, not Election Month, for a reason. Democrats, H.R. 1, would mandate county ballots that turn up as much as 10 days after Election Day. Crazy, right? Three, fewer voter ID safeguards. 36 states currently have some form of voter ID requirement to prove you are who you say you are before you vote. Novel idea, right? If Democrats want... If Democrats have their way, with H.R. 1, states would be required to accept ballots from everyone else, even if you show up without a photo ID. All they need is a signature. Those reports that McCarthy made, I can confirm they are all true, by the way. Um, I read an AP article on this bill. Um, Associated Press is super reliable, folks. Um, and I can confirm that McCarthy's statement on those three three points is correct and factual, um, although there is some partisan drivel in there. Uh, he is correct in general in his statement. He, said, he goes on to say, we do not need to nationalize the mistakes of the 2020 election. Instead, we should strengthen election integrity so we can restore voters' faith in democracy. With this in mind, ask yourself, are Democrats trying to protect America's elections or are they just trying to protect themselves at the ballot box? 
Okay, folks. So let me get this straight. In 2016, it was so easy for Russia to hack our elections, hack our voting systems, change the results of the election, which is why, which is why we should, we should make it easier for people to vote, make our elections less secure, right? That makes total sense. Makes total, total, complete sense. Complete sense, folks. You know, it's so easy for Russia to hack our elections as proven in 2016. As such, we're going to make it easier for people to vote and our elections less secure. Wow. Um, wow, Democrats, uh, you're really contradicting yourself there. Um, and you know, it's crazy to me that you need a photo ID. You need a photo ID to, um, to get into like baseball games, some baseball games, uh, concerts, um, various events, Democratic National Convention, you need a photo ID to get into it, but not to vote. That, 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 that's, that's, um, that does not make a lot of sense to me somehow. Um, but here we are in an era where nothing has to make sense except the left. Left makes complete sense, folks. And, um, honestly speaking, Republicans, the biggest issue facing the Republican Party right now is election security. Um, mainly because half of the, most of the Republicans do not have confidence in the elections. And when most of your party doesn't have confidence in the elections, that means your voter turnout is going to be lower. So Republicans have to restore their base's confidence in the elections. And Democrats know, and they put forward this policy, it's going to just make the Republicans' confidence in the election lower and make them have a larger chance of winning. So you see, you're seeing this battle play out where Republicans are going state to state trying to secure the elections, and where Democrats are going state to state and nationally trying to make them less secure. It's basically a political ideological warfare because Democrats are trying to make Republicans believe it's not safe to vote, so they won't vote. And Republicans are tr trying to say, no, we're going to secure elections, go vote. So Georgia, for instance, they passed a law requiring photo ID for absentee ballots. Iowa passed a bunch of election laws. Arizona's passing a bunch of new election security laws. Um, Trump vowed to go state to state, um, helping to secure their elections. And this is the Democrats' response to it, saying, oh, shoot, you can't restore your basis confidence in the elections. We'll lose if you do that. So let's introduce HR1. Um, but yeah, the, the, that that's HR1, folks. Um, Democrats moved to make our elections less secure, despite saying for years that the elections were not secure. Pretty crazy, huh? Um, honestly, that's pretty much all we have for the podcast. Um, oh yeah, one thing I do want to mention, it was kind of funny, I'm going to play the soundbite for you. Paul. Uh, Rand Paul eviscerated the idea that children should be able to choose their gender at a very young age. And this is the clip. <clears throat> genital mutilation has been nearly universally condemned. Genital mutilation has been condemned by the WHO, the United Nations Children's Fund, the United Nations Population Fund. According to the WHO, genital mutilation is recognized internationally as a violation of human rights. Genital mutilation is considered particularly egregious because, as the WHO notes, it is nearly always carried out on minors and is a violation of the rights of children. Most genital mutilation is not typically performed by force, but as WHO notes that by social convention, social norm, the social pressure to conform, to do what others do and have been doing, as well as the need to be accepted socially and the fear of being rejected by the community. American culture 
is now normalizing the idea that minors can be given hormones to prevent their biological development of their secondary sexual characteristics. Dr. Levine, you have supported both allowing minors to be given hormone blockers to prevent them from going through puberty, as well as surgical destruction of a minor's genitalia. Like surgical mutilation, hormonal interruption of puberty can permanently alter and prevent secondary sexual characteristics. The American College of Pediatricians reports that 80 to 95% of prepubertal children with gender dysphoria will experience resolution by late adolescence if not exposed to medical intervention and social affirmation. So, Rand Paul, basically, I agree. Right. If you want to, if you're, a, if you're an adult and you want to get gender transition surgery, whatever, that's your choice. Right. Um, but children who have not gone through puberty, number one, number two, their minds aren't fully formed. We don't trust them to vote or pay taxes. They should not be able to choose their, to have the gender transition surgery. It should be illegal. Pretty, pretty straightforward folks. And I think Rand Paul said such and explained it pretty well. Um, so we're going to leave it there. Um, hope I did well. Hope you enjoyed. If you enjoyed it, hit that follow on whatever platform you're listening on. Follow us on the socials. Sorry, not sorry. And we will see you um, sometime. <laughs> there ain't no doubt.